Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? We are live with Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 166. Kyle Bennett, Matt Castorina, live from Underground Studios. As always, show brought to you by Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. What's going on, Matt? A living the dream, as I always am. Um, as everybody knows, today is September 11th, so I figured uh, the Phillies put out a video today with Harry Callis addressing, uh, you know, the nation after things went down 18 years ago, so I figured that's how we should uh, start today's show off. From the cradle of liberty, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, do we have closure? No. No, the heinous acts of terrorism last Tuesday will be with us for as long as we all shall live. We have earned a greater respect and love for the men and women of our fire departments, our police departments, our emergency rescue squads. We are all Americans. We are proud to be Americans. We must never resort to the thinking that created Tuesday's acts of terrorism. They were born of hatred. We as individuals, we as a nation, must never hate. More than ever before, we must stand together and live by his words, love one another. Here at Veterans Stadium, we see various, various displays of nationalism and patriotism. And let us always remember that above all else, love one another, love thy brother. Yes, baseball will go on. It won't be the same. It'll be a long time before it's the same. But sports has always been a diversion from our everyday problems, and in this case, from a national tragedy. Our thoughts and prayers in our hearts go out to the families and to the friends of the victims of the tragedy of September 11, 2001. The color guard is now coming on the field. We see waves of people here at Veterans Stadium, standing united, regardless of race, color, religion, or creed. We're all together as members of the United States of America. We're proud to be Americans, and baseball is our national pastime. We're proud to be small pieces of our national pastime, and we want to see it continue. You can hear in the background chants of USA. Yes, America perhaps now will become more united than ever before, and probably now we won't need it more than 
any time that I can ever recall. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, that's Harry. what Harry was all about. Harry Callis always had a, <laughs> a a way with words. Absolutely. Um, you know, and today's a day that, unfortunately, nobody will ever forget because of what happened. It's crazy to think that it's already been 18 years. Um, but, you know, I think we've grown from it in some points and uh, just need to keep chugging along as a nation to uh, keeping the best we can be. It's weird now, too. You know, there's people that we were, you know, we were both pretty young. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it happens, I was, we were second, second grade. grade. Um but now you have people that you know, literally, you know, you're well past the point of people not even being born then, but, you know, just have absolutely zero recollection yeah. of of that day. And I think even too, like, just kind of the months after that, just, I know it was a very, again, I was young, so I, I you know, you don't quite have the awareness that you mm-hmm. would if you were older. But, you know, even at that age, when I was seven, I understood just kind of the, uh, I don't know, which what a, a huge impact of what it, it was on just, the world that we lived in. I think sports do play a really interesting part of yeah. that. Um, you know, there's that great like Yankees series and your president Bush, whatever your opinions of him are mm-hmm. him throwing out that first pitch, I think is, you know, just like the day itself. I think something that everyone, especially mm-hmm. sports fans will kind of carry forever. Like what sports did for, I, I think a lot of people, especially again, like the New York uh, you know, area, like post nine 11, that yeah. really like, I don't know. It's uh, it was strange, strange times for sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I think it's hard to even explain again to, just like again, you know, people that have no, no recollection clue. of it at all. Just like what a, a monumental, like just world changing day mm-hmm. that was. Um, so yeah, um, but you know, it's been uh, a little bit since we've been in the studio. The Eagles got a big win on Sunday against Washington. Uh, so we're going to recap that first to kick things off. Deshaun Jackson, man. <laughs> welcome they had home. us in the first half. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Uh, welcome home, Deshaun Jackson. 158 yards on eight catches, two touchdowns. Just an absolute dominant performance. He got things going with the scoring and kind of, you know, flipped the switch of momentum and just energy in the stadium. Alshon Jeffrey, a big game. Uh, we were texting in our, our group chat, and, you know, Miles Sanders unfortunately got a touchdown taken away on a ticky-tack kind of call. Yeah. Um, but what a run he had there to really score like, that. I don't think that's been talked about enough, just what it, like, I think the one of the big takeaways from the backfield has been this weird committee thing, and people are kind of using it as a hammer to get mm-hmm. on uh, Doug's case a little bit, but I thought Miles Sanders looked like the absolute best back you know we didn't get to see i don't think enough of jordan howard but yeah that but when that, we did he looked good too which yeah, is a positive sign. A, a good thing and you know i i don't think you let it all go in week one and especially against the redskins mm-hmm. but yeah I, I liked what we saw from miles sanders and you know that was his one moment that you really felt too like okay like get him in some space and see what he does and yeah it obviously gets called back but it doesn't take away the actual thing that he did mm-hmm. the actual performance there and it was very good those those defenders weren't operating no. under the inception that that wasn't going to count so yeah it was really well done by him i think obviously first half was uh was brutal mm-hmm. uh yeah especially there's some people that need to really uh reassess and maybe clear up their <laughs> their timeline a bit because there was some slander being thrown yes there about was. many people being fired um <laughs> I just I don't get it. It's week one. 
Um, it was the first half of week yeah. one. It was the first quarter, really, of week yeah. one. Um, you know, and, and to Washington's credit, they came out ready to play, and we looked a little flat, but uh, apparently Deshaun Jackson gave up a little, you know, hype-up speech and was like, that team's going to fold in the second half. He knows it. He played for them. He knows a lot of those guys, and they did just that. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, the, the big loss in this is Malik Jackson is now done for the season with a Liz Frank injury to his foot. Uh, so we're already starting the next man up mentality where we'll see a lot more Timmy Jernigan. Uh, the Eagles signed Akeem Spence this week to uh, take the place of Malik Jackson's roster spot. Um, but, I mean, they, they flipped the switch. Carson Wentz looked phenomenal. Um, he looked really comfortable, didn't look anything like he did last year where he was wincing in pain or anything like that where he just looked uncomfortable. Uh, it looked a lot like 2017 Carson Wentz where he was just out there having fun and you know just being a, a dominant quarterback in this league. Now, I, I, I'm saying this without any like knowledge of like the statistics, but I, I don't really remember seeing him at all last year when he was quote-unquote healthy going deep like that. And yeah. Part of that I think was also like a personnel thing. I don't know that we really had. There's very few Deshaun Jacksons <laughs> in the league, let alone of all time. He's now the second all-time in a 50-plus yeah. scoring plays, which is absurd. Mean, yeah, unbelievable. But, you know, I th- think that's a sign more than anything that he's, like, not only healthy but incredibly confident, which is, I think, is just as important. I think a lot of times you see quarterbacks that, you know, struggle through injury, and, you know, I think maybe physically they're ready, but mentally haven't, you know, gotten back up to where they need to be and I, I don't think there's really any questions about Carson's ability going forward I think I think if you're going to take one negative away from this game was just that first half was way too relaxed and it was actually a very Sixers performance mm-hmm. where you like play down to the opponent and it's like you it's frustrating because you know this team can play so much better and even the offense didn't look very convincing in, in that first half I know that you know, the, the big takeaway is that Carson looks great and Deshaun is awesome, and we have two really good running back. But, like, first half was not great. Too much Darren Sproles. But, you know, I, I think what, what really good teams do is they beat bad teams, and they're able to flip that switch metaphorically. And I think you saw a lot of that in the second half. And I think scoring right before halftime as well was, was big in terms of mm-hmm. going in the locker room and, you know, shortening the lead up a little bit and having – Having just a little little something to hold on to and then talk about, you know, get yourself into the second half. But, I mean, it wasn't quite the dominating performance that we hoped for. It felt dominating and, like, you know, forever stretches, but you're hoping for maybe a little a little easier of a game, mm-hmm. that, you know, not so much clenching, not so much, you know, Twitter threading, but <laughs> sometimes you, you get games like this. And, you know, it's division games, mm-hmm. too. They're always weird. Uh, some some crazy stats, you know, you brought up with Deshaun uh, after this game. His eight catches now gives him 364 in an Eagles uniform, which puts him past Mike Quick and into seventh place in franchise history in all-time receptions. Uh, he's only trailing Keith Byers, um, Brent Selleck, Brian Westbrook, Zach Ertz, Pete Retzlaff, and Harold Carmichael. Jesus. I mean... And Deshaun spent like like he spent a few years elsewhere, and you know he hasn't he hasn't he's not like a long tenured eagle, you know, which is I he think was here from even... 08 to thirteen, so six yeah. years, and then he was gone for six years, and he's now seventh all time in franchise history and catches. Um, it's impressive, absolutely absurd. Jackson's hundred yard game on Sunday was the sixth of his career on opening day, tying uh, Michael Irvin for most in NFL history. 
Six others had five, being Andre Johnson, um, Maynard, I'm missing his first name here from the article because he was probably mentioned before, Herman Moore, Randy Moss, Steve Smith, and former Eagle Jimmy Smith. Um, Jackson's two touchdowns were the 30th and 31st of his career of over 50 yards. Only Jerry Rice has more in NFL history. Randy Moss had 29, and Lance Allworth and T.O. had 27. Jesus. I mean, it's weird you put him with so many of those names and you think of those as, like, legitimate all-time great wide receivers. And I don't know that Deshaun Jackson is actually in that conversation, but <laughs> it is interesting that, you know. <laughs> it was Don Maynard, by the way. He's quietly kind of climbed up uh, some pretty impressive lists with his performances. And now the, the big thing rolling around is, is Deshaun Jackson a future Hall of Famer? Because he has the possibility of going down as the greatest deep threat of all time. Yeah, but that's... Which is, it's odd, but it's also something to, you know, you look at the names he's mentioned with, like you said, where it's T.O., Jerry Rice, and all of these guys. I mean, there's people that only want T.O. in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, that's more of, a, I think, a character thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Deshaun Jackson is, is great, but I don't I don't think he's it's a one Hall of, those of Famer. It's one of those weird... He's like first ballot almost all Hall mm-hmm. of Fame. You know, like he, and I think it also depends on how he finishes his exactly. career. I, I mean, if he wins we hope a Super Bowl this year and you know is it I think it, yeah it depends a lot on where his kind of career ends now um but to me like yes he's up there in these like they're very specific lists mm-hmm. you know about specific skills and specialists don't typically make it into any hall of fame um I'm not sure that he has right now a career that I would say like yeah he's, he's a hall of fame mm-hmm. yeah, especially at the wide receiver position like you know, there's an argument that Deshaun Jackson is even the best wide receiver on this team. Yeah, you know, like I, we love him. He's he has a great certain set of skills, but you know, there, I don't, I don't think it's it's Hall of Fame, uh, mm-hmm. Hall of Fame level. Brandon Brooks though is superhuman. Yes, to uh, come back from an Achilles injury after eight months at his size, you know, height, weight, and his position is absolutely incredible. John Barcher tweeted, you know, he's probably part of, you know, the Marvel universe because that's just, you don't see that ever. And for him to go out and play as many snaps as he did, sure he was on a snap count and the Eagles uh, eventually put Vitae in the game. Um, But to see Brandon Brooks out there performing at a high level, he was pro football focused, highest graded offensive lineman this week. Just absolutely incredible. It's a small tangent, just really quick. Uh, Talking to my friend today. So you know how uh, Marvel is having – like he's going to have a bunch of shows on Disney Plus mm-hmm. and there's going to be a Wanda and Vision yeah. show? Um, did you know it's going to be a sitcom set in the 50s? Really? What the hell? Okay. <laughs> as soon as you said Marvel Universe, I just something in my brain triggered <laughs> me back to that because I'm still confused as to why and what that's going to be. But there, there you go. There is more Marvel that we'll get into later uh, in the NBA world. But. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's your Disney Plus update. But, um, yeah, I mean, fantastic performance, especially when you consider just everything that you know, last year was for him and, and coming back and some comeback player of the year talks as well. Mm-hmm. Always, It's always harder when you're not like a uh, a position, yeah, like a, a, a skill, skill position player to, to win those types of awards is because people get – and, you know, Maybe it's fair they get infatuated with like touchdowns and stuff, and it's much easier to like grade on a scale like, oh, this guy went from, you know, 
injured last year to like 14 touchdowns this year. You got to give it to him. So, um, but yeah, fantastic performance from him. But, um, you know, you look at just what this team was able to do to bounce back, and obviously there's going to be some tightening up on the defense that we're going to want to see. Um, but, I mean, just overall, I was I was very impressed with what they were able to do to bounce back and, you know, take down a Washington team that came out guns blazing. And then, like Deshaun Jackson said they would do, they folded in the second half up until, you know, that garbage time touchdown. But, Overall, I was, you know, impressed by the the performance that the Eagles were able to, you know, put together and overcome adversity being down. You, you know, mean, a Case Keenum-led team folded in the second <laughs> half at the link. I don't I don't. Where know have I that. seen that before? Jeez. Um, but, you know, unfortunately with this game, it wasn't the only thing talked about because a uh, friend of the show, Mike Scott, uh, got into an altercation, got on his way to the fourth and John tailgate. He was not at the 4th and John tailgate uh, when this went down, but uh, got into a fight in the uh, Wells Fargo Center parking lot. And well, uh, I mean, who hasn't been there? <laughs> <laughs> um, just really unfortunate. Nothing good happens in the Wells Fargo parking lot, I think we can all say. Outside of the 4th and John tailgate. Which is actually like the worst parking lot to walk through yes. because it is just an absolute barren wasteland. Because most of the time you walk through there, it's like for a Flyers or Sixers game. At least in my like personal mm-hmm. experience, and the win just absolutely cripples you. But continue. Um, and it was unfortunate because he was there to go to the game with our photographer Alex McIntyre after uh, she had offered uh, some McDonald's to Mike Scott, and he obliged. And um, it was just supposed to be a fun day. You know, Fourth and John had things set up where everybody at the tailgate was going to be able to hang out with Mike Scott. They were going to do their signature beer bong baptism with him, and uh, you know just get to hang out with arguably one of the nicest guys overall fan favorite, somebody who's doing things in the community since he got here and some jackasses had to go and ruin it. I can't think of a more like prominent Philly athlete actually of like this decade. Truly. Mm -hmm. Like I can't think of a, a Philly athlete this decade that has been just like more a man of the people than, yeah. than Mike Scott. I really can't. And I think you also see that in the way that people reacted to this story and, and what happened. Um, it's just 99.9% support for Mike Scott. And um, yeah, it's just one more. Can you say that? just a bunch of jackasses that, uh, you know, go on the radio now and cry about yeah. how uh, they didn't know who he was as if that's any excuse. And it's also, how stupid do you have to be to like not recognize Mike Scott? Yeah, <laughs> like, like again, one of the most like well liked, like prominent, prominent out guys. There. Like this dude has been everywhere, especially like since he got here. The past like six, He's seven months. Social media. I don't know all-star. how you could possibly be. Even if you are just like, there's definitely some people, and I gravitate more towards certain Philly teams, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Even if you are just more of an Eagles type of person, like I don't know how you could be a Philadelphia sports fan and have. Not see, he's very recognizable. He's, he's got a large emoji human, tattoos. He's an incredibly large human being, and he has emoji tattoos. Like he, I, I don't know. I, like so that that's I don't know how you can call yourself a Philadelphia fan and not even recognize Mike Scott, one of the most recognizable Philly athletes there is right now. Um, but yeah, you know, like the excuse either that they didn't know that he was an NBA athlete and he was a sixer and like they were crying afterward. Like that's crocodile yeah. tears to me. Like I honestly don't care. Nope. <laughs> like I, I couldn't care less. Um, anything negative that goes their way, 
they deserve deserve 100 <laughs> percent. because i don't know like as, as like scott would say all, all the cuss words put together like that's yep and i think he's i think mike is bigger than that though i think like he actually tweeted that like that is you know, all love and um i respect him for like mm-hmm. being able to just put it past him that's very that's like it's i can't admirable. i can't even put myself in his shoes in that situation um especially when you consider that there's alleged you know racial slurs mm-hmm. being used um which it was confirmed yeah I, yeah, I wasn't sure if that like I. That's like a weird thing that like everyone's saying happened, then p- people are saying is like mm-hmm. still alleged. Yeah, like, the guy who called into the radio. Well, he said day. that he like said it in a weird way. It was yeah. like I don't want to say that it did happen, but I'd be wrong in saying that it didn't. Or something yeah. to that effect is like, well, okay. Just so then someone money. definitely called him like <laughs> a racial slur. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, none of that is acceptable, and no matter who you are, and I, I think for Mike to just be able to, I don't know. Defend himself, mm-hmm. but also like afterwards, just be like, "Yeah, I'm just moving on with my life." And um, you know, I think him being able to see through that clear that he's are an outlier in um, in idiocy in, in the the fan experience here. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I'm glad to see though that everyone was very supportive of him and you know very antagonistic towards these people because they deserve it. Like yeah. I like this isn't even a time where you can be like, "Well, you know, like maybe no, they no." terrible people that, that, they, don't, that don't deserve to share the same space as you because and they've they're, been they're an not issue good people. Before. Like, this isn't the first time that they've caused issues at an Eagles tailgate. Um, so, you know, good riddance. Like, yeah. allegedly, they're they getting rid of their season away. tickets and not renewing. So. Well, I think if they didn't if they didn't get rid of yeah. them, I think they would have been tracked down um, because I, I do think that <laughs> – some people Philly sports uh, Twitter tracked them down and did a lot of, you know, yeah, self-policing too. Hey, let me tell you a lot of white Oakley's in that crowd. Yeah, for sure. For sure. A lot of white Oakley's. Um, uh, what a, just a bunch of, buffoons. I mean, and, and E-Rock said it best. He, he made a video on his Twitter and, you know, on the fourth and John show that came out today, I was listening to it. It was like, you know, don't let the culture of, you know, the 700 level, idiocy that existed at the vet continue to sprawl over into 2019 like the 700 level went away when the vet was demolished Mm -hmm. like that culture is gone should be gone um you know we should be taking pride in you know we're, we're super bowl champions now like we are for the most part a good fan base in yeah. terms of people it's, having so fun one and, thing you can always say of any any philly sport is a very passionate fan base like a, mm-hmm. and, and one that is willing to accept someone like mike scott who's awesome like and it was genuine like if, if, if mike scott is like the emblematic philly athlete yes. like you i can't think of a more philly thing than getting in a fight on your way to the <laughs> eagles game shrugging it off going watching the per- now, obviously he's not an eagles fan but like He's just amazing, mm-hmm. and his ability to rise above all of it is is spectacular. And I, I also liked what he had to say, Erock, about how you know everyone loves Mike Trout, yeah, and everyone loves that Mike Trout comes to the Eagles games, and everyone thought that's because he was going to be a Philly, like because he comes to the Eagles games, whatever. But the reason we the reason we love Mike Trout is because he's from the area and yeah, he still he supports the Eagles. Like Mike Scott is the exact same situation. Like yeah, like first of all, the Redskins out of everyone in the division, I think the least rivalry to begin mm-hmm. with. Like the Cowboys and Giants, much more much hated. More. Much much deeper stuff there, and that's mostly because the Redskins, for pretty much this entire century, have not been a good team. They just haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not even it's not even like a rivalry that's like really deep seated yeah. here, and it's like oh, 
like I, I would even say like a Vikings jersey would get more like heckling Patriots. than a Redskins. Yeah, like a Vikings or Patriots would get more I'd, heckling. I'd even say the Steelers would get more than yeah. the Redskins. Like, like, I, like who cares about the Redskins? No one. But you know, like he still supports his home team. Yeah. And like, cool. You know, like that's I. You have to respect someone that's not willing to just like, oh well, because I'm in Philly, I'm gonna. You know, but you can still show up and like support Philly teams like that. Like he went to a Phillies game. Mm-hmm. That was cool. But you know, like flip the coin at the Soul game. Like he's out in the community. Yeah. And but you know, you know, he's clearly been a Redskins fan his entire yeah, life. He's from and, Virginia. Yeah. Like so, it's what where do you he want? grew up. So, <laughs> um, it was unfortunate to see that, but you know, you know, Mike, we love Mike Scott. He's a friend of the show, and uh, you know, we're glad that we're moving past this now, and hopefully, none of this nonsense comes up ever again. Um, but. He, as he has told us time and time again, he ain't no bitch. That's very true. And I he saw, proved it. I saw no bitch in any of those videos. <laughs> Shout out to Mike Scott for wearing pajama pants too, <laughs> because that was ultimate swag level. I mean, when you're Mike Scott, you can you dress do what how you, you want. <laughs> so, and you know what? He's he's dangerously close to getting a key to the city. <laughs> he's like, sign him up. Uh, and I always say dangerously because I'm just <laughs> a little worried about Mike Scott would do with free reign of an entire city. <laughs> and like what kind of mandate would be put out about everyone having to have an emoji tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> now, the only thing I'm not worried about but kind of bummed about, obviously it came out and I'm very glad that the Sixers aren't going to, you know, punish Mike Scott for this because it wasn't his fault. Um, but, you know, it will be a bummer if the Sixers do come down and tell Mike Scott that he's got to be, you know, a, lay a little bit more low when it comes to, you know, fan interaction and stuff like that. Um, so hopefully nothing full-blown changes uh, from this, and hopefully, you know, the Eagles tailgates don't get, you know, sh- more rules thrown down on them. I would think the neg- what's Detroit in – is that is – that- Who's who's week three? Uh, Detroit. Yeah, I would I would imagine for that game probably a little little tighter security, especially yeah. in that that, that area. I'm fine with. Yeah. Um, but you know, hopefully nothing drastically. Yeah. Gets adjusted. But you know, and even if the Sixers do say something like that, it's I don't think it's in a way like them saying no interaction right. with the fans. But you know, just like just pick and choose. At the end of the day, this was clearly in an event, an incident that. Mike Scott wasn't in the wrong with no. like you know like and you did. couldn't predict for that to happen either. Exactly. Like this wasn't like him like out three AM like getting in a bar fight. Like this was mm-hmm. him just enjoying this like, wasn't Jaleel. This was him just being a normal person. Yeah. Like and just going to like a sporting event and like someone causing trouble to him, you know? And I think he dealt with it appropriately and all that. So I you know I, I, I don't think he was in any way being like unprofessional. I think the Sixers would I but I I do think they're potentially in the right to say like, hey, like you know, we don't want you being involved in these kinds of things. Like, you need to be careful. Wouldn't be surprised if they like said we could provide security for any, any well, of those kinds of allegedly things. Allegedly, he he had, had security, security with him, him because that is Sixers team protocol. Didn't help very much. No, <laughs> uh, maybe you need to give him the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid security guard uh, next time. But uh, we're just glad Mike's okay. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Uh, glad like this could have been a thousand times worse, yeah. where he actually got physically hurt in some way, um, and that obviously, you know. That would have opened up, you know, much worse things for everyone. So glad, obviously, no, no physical injury mm-hmm. to him and, and anything like that. But yeah, it just crazy. What a story! And it was weird because I saw it like pop up on Twitter, and I was like, "What?" Mm-hmm. I was like, "No." <laughs> like, at first, I thought it was like I don't know, like some weird joke or like yeah. a 
a hoax? Like, because it just because we saw the picture. If you of like him. pulled out like a weird rumored like mill thing, and it's just like Mike Scott gets in fight yeah. at Eagles game, like because we saw the picture of him posing like I'm on my way yeah. at Fourth and John, and then you know probably half an hour later, there's rumors that he got into a fight, and then a video surfaces, and it's you know going viral all over, and um, but like we said, you know we're just glad Mike's okay. He went to the game. The Eagles won, and uh, he had a good time there, too. So, shout out to Mike Scott, as always. Um, Matt, Phillies won't quit. They won't quit. Uh, they get a win over the Braves last night, and uh, the Cubs God, they're lose. They're so annoying. <laughs> they're so annoying. <laughs> um, just absolutely crazy. They are going to have, like, three stretches down did, the season. where. When did we start saying – that it would be up to the Marlins series where they need to just like sweep the Marlins or just go like two out of two out of three with the Marlins. When did we start saying that? Probably July. July. Like early, like mid July. When like when the Reese break. started. Yeah, that's that's where we're hurtling. That's exactly <laughs> where we're going with all of this. And I tell you what, too. Who do the Eagles play that week? Can we look that up really quick? Uh, yeah. Because I'm telling you right now, this is going to be just an absolutely terrible Philadelphia weekend. Put your bets in now. Just put them in now. And Eagles are going to lose this weekend. Not this weekend. The, the, so this is the, this should be the weekend of like, like what the 29th? Yeah. Let's see here. Um, but you know they're not going away. And last night, unfortunate news came out that uh, one of the teams they play the Packers. Okay. September 26th. Thursday night football. They're losing to the Packers, and then the Philadelphia <laughs> Phillies will disappoint us. And then I think, like, a week later, uh, hockey starts, preseason hockey starts. Oh, boy. And, like, like we're going to be, like, crying. Really, yeah. Um, unfortunate news came out yesterday, though, that Christian Yelich uh, fractured his left kneecap, and he is done for the season. Dude, like, knee and ankle stuff always. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it was against the Marlins of all teams, his former team. Marlins are sitting um, because, black hole. And, and why this is important, Christian Yelch is an MVP candidate, and the Phillies are one game back of the Brewers right now uh, to get to where the Cubs are. They're only two games out of the wild card right now. Um, and somehow, <laughs> How? somehow, some way, they are only four and a half games behind the Washington Nationals for second place <laughs> in the division. I hate this team so much. <laughs> <laughs> I want to check out so badly. <laughs> uh, they just won't give up. They won't. You got. You gotta love the resilience. Um, Scott- this is like in Step Brothers when he's burying Dale. <laughs> he's just asking him to shut up, or he's gonna wake the neighbors. <laughs> we were trying to bury the Phillies this season and plant a beautiful eagles, <laughs> eagles rose on their grave. And it just won't let us. <laughs> you keep unsettling the dirt. Scott Kingry last night, uh, an inside the park home run, and made Ronald Acuna Jr. look kind of silly. Uh, he went up, got it, and when he came down, the ball was on the ground. And uh, Scotty just, you know, zoomed on home, put his jetpack on, and did the thing. Uh, the more interesting thing that came out, in my opinion, from last night's game afterwards, was um, Corey Dickerson in the clubhouse. They were talking to him, seeing, you know, his thoughts on just coming back next year and his, uh, you know, thoughts on the uh, just team in general. This is what Corey Dickerson said after the game. 
so far? You've been here for, I guess, about a, about a month. What, what do you think of the town, the Phillies, the fans, everything that's, that's involved? Love it. It's first class. Um, great group of guys here. A lot of talent. Like I said, a lot of guys are still hurt. That, you know, would change this team dramatically. But also the city has been, been great. Um, I love the fan base. I love how it's, it's tough to play here for an opposing team. Um, and I expect to win every time I go out there. Every time I go up to the plate, every time I try to make a play, I expect to win. And this is what this crowd wants is just to win. And I'm all about that. So it's been fun so far. Well, it's probably out of sight, out of mind at this point because you guys are competing for a playoff spot, you know, presently. Would you be interested in potentially coming back next season and, and having a new deal with the Phillies? You know, I love to hear. Um, that's out of my control. Um, especially watching the free agent market lately is pretty crazy. I just, you know, hope I don't get a minor league deal. And um, no, it's great. Um, I really enjoy my time here and I'm going to do my best to finish strong with these guys and compete, have fun, be a good teammate and all that stuff will work out. Please bring him back. We do need more of the old C. Dickerson in our lives. He's been phenomenal when he plays. And he just seems like the absolute standout teammate. Like, I don't, I don't think it'll be too difficult to uh, get him signed up. Our buddy Alex Carr from the Good Fight, uh, you know, tweeted that, you know, if he's willing to accept a friendly deal, the Phillies could platoon uh, each outfield position next year. Obviously, with Andrew McCutcheon coming off of the ACL, you don't know how he's going to, you know, bounce back. Um, you're going to have Adam Hazley on this roster, and then obviously Bryce is entrenched in right field. But Corey Dickerson seems like the ideal player to bring back for this team. You could potentially trade Jay Bruce um, to clear up that roster feels, spot. Feels dirty. Feels um, dirty moving moving big Bruce like that, though. <laughs> um, Remember when Jay Bruce was like our best player? <laughs> for a little bit, yeah. Remember when like every week it felt like we had a new best player? Because <laughs> everyone... <laughs> It would be good for like three days, and then it would suck for like a month and a half. <laughs> um, there was also a fun little stat from our buddy Johnny Heller, too. Uh, Matt, there's been 13 Phillies outfielders to start a game for the Phillies this year. Can you name the 13 outfielders? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Bryce Harper, obviously. Andrew McCutcheon. Yes. Odubel Herrera. Mm-hmm. Aaron Altair. Sean Rodriguez. Sean Rodriguez. Nick Williams, yes. Corey Dickerson. Kingry did too, didn't he? Adam Hazley, Scott Kangry, Jose Perella, uh, Phil Goslin, Roman Quinn, Brad Miller, Jay Bruce. I loved me some Phil Goslin. I'm a, I'm a Phil Goslin truther. I believe in Phil Goslin. <laughs> um, now, on top of that, 13 outfielders, yes, a lot. There have been 30 bullpen pitchers for the Phillies this year. <laughs> That's uh, almost a full MLB roster. <laughs> like you are, it's more than <laughs> like thirty relievers they've used this year. Speechless. When I saw that, I was blown away. See, you hear things like that, and seven minutes ago, you're like, "Yeah, but this team's only two two games out of the yep. wild card." How? <laughs> How? And then uh, I don't. Let's see, because. It's been a while since they've had a positive run differential too. I don't. I don't think. I don't think we're there. Um, I know we we already we got above yep. seven games five hundred and sunk immediately. We are still a negative five 
in run differential. The only other team in the division with a negative run differential is the Miami Marlins with a negative 179. Wow, that just... is, is that the worst? That has to be the worst differential in baseball. No, no. oh my God, the Orioles. Jesus Christ. And the Tigers. <laughs> the Tigers are pretty bad. Remember we beat the Tigers? And I was like, oh man, this team, they're so good. <laughs> and then it went away. And crashing down Oof. to earth immediately. Um, they do play tonight against the Braves once again. And, uh, you know, we'll see if... <laughs> was it F- Eflin tonight? Who's been good the past couple starts? Since he's uh, okay, since he's gotten away oh, okay, from Chris okay. Young, has he been objectively good, or has he been compared to previous Eflin outings good? <laughs> I would say he was, you know, April Eflin when we thought, okay, like he's going to be the number three in this rotation. I think it's just funny that we have like different oh, months absolutely. considerations for like every player. Like, <laughs> all right, wait, are we talking like May Reese or like July Reese here? <laughs> Wait, which Bryce? Like slump Bryce or like post All Star break Bryce? <laughs> like, like every single player on this team has some weird qualifier about they were absolutely terrible for like at least a month. <laughs> it's like the Sixers with their rookies; they gotta I, they gotta yeah, be out they for all the have year. To, yeah, it's a it's a ritual at this point. I don't know yeah. this Phillies team. I don't know even once this season ends what kind of autopsy like verdict you give this team. Mm-hmm. Because it feels like a death by a thousand cuts, and nothing has gone right this year. We're gonna. I. I'm telling you right now, we're probably gonna sweep the Braves. Yeah, and we're gonna get this like glimmer of hope. I don't get it. Like this. And by the way, this Braves team is hot. Mm-hmm. It's not even like we were catching. I remember we caught the Braves on like a slump two weeks ago. We we're like, oh, this is our chance. Here's a, here's where we here's where we make it break it, boys. This is where this is where it happens. This is where the run starts, and it didn't, of course. The Braves were like nine and one going into that game, and obviously we lost the first game of the series, but we could still win the next three. Obviously, um, but I mean, the only thing this team has going for them is that the teams in front of them right now are either one slumping or two lost one or their best player. Brewers losing Christian Yelich, Cubs just lost Javi Baez. They don't really have a, a true replacement for him. Addison Russell's there, but he's not, you know, Javi Baez. That's a, that's a bonus for the Phillies down the stretch where these teams are losing, you know, MVP caliber players, and they're putting wins together right now. Yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. I, <laughs> well, the, I, what's interesting about the Phillies, too, is they're coming into a stretch where they're going to play, I think, almost every single day till the end of the season. Yeah. Um, I think and, we have one day off. Yeah, so – See how that works out. It's all pretty much all divisional games from from here out. Two more days off this season. We are off on Friday because of the four game series, um, and then uh, we're off on Monday following the two game homestand against Boston. And then it's clean then through, it's baby. Back on the road against Atlanta, uh, Cleveland, and then your five game brawl with the Nationals on the road. I'm telling you, we're going to do so well in that national series. And we're, we're going to sweep be... the nationals, oh and it's going to come down to that Marlins series. Oh They're going to have to win all three, and they'll win two. You know what's so annoying is we all know it's coming. Yep. We are a car stuck on the railroad tracks right now, and the train is coming straight for us. There's no... It's like in Final Destination. You just can't get the seatbelt off, and it's our time. It's our time. Just let that train just kill us. Just let the season go. 
Just let it all go. Somebody's just hitting that lever to change the trail, the train track uh, route right now. But. Yeah, it's Gabe Kapler. <laughs> and you know where that train ends up? Delaware River. And it pollutes it. <laughs> Kills millions of fish. And then there's there's a fish shortage on the East Coast because Gabe Kapler. Because his iPad told him to do it. <laughs> and I thought it would be great for Oh, man. It would be great for, for team confidence. Braves and Red Sox the rest of this week. <laughs> Lovely. They're gonna they're gonna win these games because that's just what they I, do. I, I'm not even kidding when I say that I hate this team. I hate everything about them. <laughs> what do you I have? I have so much contempt for the Phillies. <laughs> what do you hate more, the 2019 Phillies or just the overall production of what the Flyers have been since they were in the Stanley Cup? <laughs> Jeez, the Flyers, because that's years of just guilt, shame, upset. Anger, frustration, sadness, hope. The the Flyers have been w- way worse to I, I think emotional health than the Phillies this season. <laughs> this is just one year, you know. And, and I'll say this too: I think the Phillies have a pretty bright future ahead of them. You know, the unfortunate thing is, so does like two of the other teams mm-hmm. in the division, um, if not three. Yeah, it's the Mets. True. <laughs> like. I love how everyone's always building up the Mets, and it's like it's the only the only good the thing Mets. the Mets have going for them is they still have the young pitching and Pete Alonso. Oh, you mean like the guys that will almost certainly get injured next year? Yes, yes. <laughs> like, I why are we pretending like the Mets don't win? Have one good season every like eleven years? They already had it. They were what, 2015. They've had. We don't have to worry about the Mets yeah. till the 2020s. Only person they, we have like, to worry about is Pete Alonso. They are an incompetently run team. Like, I'm not saying we are the brainiacs <laughs> here, but well, I mean. <laughs> we are when it comes to how they think. Yeah. Galaxy brains oh. all around. Uh, but, like, why are we pretending like the Mets are going to be good? See, like, I don't get it. It's like the Browns this weekend. Everyone convinces themselves, oh, the Browns are going to be great. Are they? That There's a DNA of this team that is just not good. <laughs> you could be Odell out there rocking a $350,000 watch on the field. Okay, like maybe it's because I'm poor, but I don't understand that. I don't understand. Like that's just seems that, that company is sitting back counting their dollars. I feel like though. that might even even like a promo thing. Yeah, like where like they were like, "Hey, give me this, give you a free watch, like custom mm-hmm. watch." Just you know, because now it's have your a... publicist shoot an email to Bleacher Report and let them know that you're wearing. Like it's a been the talk of it... Browns. You know, also I'm not trying to be like a narc here, but how is that like legal to wear during a game? It's not. Uh, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> The NFL literally talked to Odell, told him he's not allowed to wear it. Um, that seems highly dangerous. <laughs> because it is against, you know, the uniform policy. And Odell was like, I don't care. I'm still wearing it. So we'll see how Watchgate Someone's going to, like, catch that to the neck and, like, get yeah. garroted. <laughs> like, <laughs> that that watch company, though, is sitting back counting their yeah, dollars. Richard, because Richard Milley really needed it. <laughs> freaking just free publicity from I Odell Beckham's wrist. Yeah, but, like... That's not like a thing that's in like the average NFL no. viewers price bracket. So I don't I just don't get it. I don't I don't get so much about the NFL this weekend. Do we have time for the NFL? Yeah. We got I know we have NBA stuff to talk about. Uh, let's do let's do let's do let's do some NBA stuff. Team USA or better known as the Boston Celtics and Utah Jazz lost in the FIBA World Cup today to France just further proving, shaming this country. Further proving that you can't win an NBA title or a championship in general with Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum. Folks, what a disappointment. Um, so we had, I think, some one of the best meme days 
in NBA <laughs> offseason so far. And this has been a great offseason for, for, for all different kinds. But I don't know if anyone has, has seen this yet. And I can only describe it because obviously but I'm speaking. I can't, I can't give you the visual, but I'm sure you've seen it by now. The Kobe Bryant uh, Instagram where he's absolutely just savaging 12-year-old girls <laughs> for not having heart and commitment and for, God forbid, having other interests than basketball, like their dance class and their dance recital. <laughs> Did you see the Cookies Hoops tweet where someone took – the USA roster and oh god, put it with that caption about the fourth place losers. <laughs> oh, I have to find it and read the caption to you, um, because maybe you haven't heard, maybe you haven't seen this yet, and maybe, maybe I have you, not seen it. Okay, so here's 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 the the cookies hoops uh, picture that they used of um, the okay. Celtics roster. And here's Kobe Bryant's uh, caption that he put. Again, these are 12-year-old girls that I'm sure, you know, and by his own words, have moved to be coached by him. Uh, So here's his caption. Here's our fourth place, quotes, winners picture, LOL. Six of the kids in the picture stayed with me and worked every single day to get better and continue to work to this day. The seventh player, not in pick, missed his game for a dance recital. So that should tell you where her focus focus was at this time. From the original seven, we've added a player two years younger, sixth grade now, a player whose team in our area folded, and a player whose family moved here from Tennessee. The beauty of coaching is growing the players from the ground up. That journey continues. Hashtag Mambas. These girls look like they all brought in their dogs and like their favorite pets for like practice that day, and Kobe Bryant shot them all at half court. If, if you <laughs> right in front of them. <laughs> and, and said you don't have the heart and that's why i had to kill your dog unbelievable um kobe Bryant is like he i i already didn't like him i don't know i don't know how anyone can think that putting their young impressionable girls with kobe Bryant as their coach is a good idea um and it also came out that gordon hayward was playing witcher 3 while his wife was giving birth so Gotta love it. The the Celtics have just absolutely cursed the United States. Um, I mean, let's be honest though. I feel like we saw this coming mm-hmm. when you know, like it's the J team when Landry when Landry Shamit was turning down USA like team bids. It felt like okay, well, yeah. nobody really cares, as our great president would say. That we're not sending our best here. <laughs> <laughs> we were pretty pretty bottom of the list stuff. Um, which still no excuse because I, I still think, you know, we want to clown them and they deserve it, but still a great roster mm-hmm. with a lot of talent should, should not have lost this, no. but no excuse. You know, I'm fine with it because guess what? Sixers weren't involved, baby. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and you, you want to talk about memes, Matt? Listen, I'm willing, I'm willing to let this country get embarrassed if it means my personal <laughs> interest in the Sixers is not harmed. Uh, Talking more about the the Lakers, Dwight Howard said he bought a purple car because he was inspired by Thanos and the sacrifices he had to make to accomplish his goal. That's from Christian Rivas. From has Dwight <laughs> Howard seen Street the movie? <laughs> Does he know what his goal was? <laughs> He's aware that his goal was murdering half of the life in the entire universe, right? He wasn't like 
one of those like boss, you know, like Instagram pictures where it's like suit up, bro. Entrepreneur lifestyle. He bought a purple car because he was inspired by Thanos. By a homicidal cartoon. This is <laughs> Dwight Howard. He he dyed his hair blonde. Just I, remember that Dwight Howard makes more in a game check than we will in like 10 years. That's true. And you know what? And remember, the Lakers oh. signed him because he convinced them that he could guard Joel Embiid. Dude, he's... You know what's concerning about Dwight Howard is he is growing very Antonio Brown-esque facial hair. Mm-hmm. And... um. I don't know if anyone's checked the news lately. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out Antonio Brown sucks. Yeah. Who knew? Um, yeah, so I'm not sure that's the man you exactly want to be emulating <laughs> with any type of hairstyle or personality choice. Um, what a weird weekend for the NFL. Antonio Brown gets released, picked up by the Patriots. Looks like it's a an entire yeah. and how annoying is that? Plan. Because everyone was like, "Oh, can't wait for them to end up on the Patriots." It was like, "Yeah, oh no, yeah, and that won't happen." Three no, hours it did. later, it literally boom. did. Uh, he puts that video out of the the phone conversation with John Gruden, which was later confirmed on the Dan Lebitard show that Gruden approved it and thought the video was cool. See, when I thought that that tweet came out, because like it was like someone asked Gruden about the video, he said, "I think it's awesome." I read it as like. Gruden saying that very like through his gritting teeth like yeah it's awesome it's great mm-hmm. I love that I love Antonio <laughs> Brown he's so I love that guy man I love him. <laughs> um I I don't know I don't know what's going on up there for, with John Gruden I don't know and then he posts and then Antonio later on Brown nobody's home I post the video knock uh, if you're with me <laughs> when uh he found out he was released he runs out of his house Flapping yeah. his arms like a bird, like I'm free. Calls would've, his grandma. Would have made more sense if he went to the Eagles. In that yeah. Regard. Uh, thankfully, he didn't because now yeah. Antonio Brown is uh, allegedly being accused of three counts. Well, he is being accused. It's just an alleged incident or yeah. incidents uh, of sexual, sexual assault. assault and rape. Yes, by his former trainer. Um, I don't know. <laughs> That's just <laughs> I don't know. Not a uh, which this. Allegedly, from the Patriots, caught them off guard, and they had no idea. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, they could they could have a secret deal with him probably a week in advance about what type of contract yeah. and all, but they have no clue about. Not legal like their owner was uh, down in Florida, I mean, where yeah. they're heading this I weekend. Mean, honestly, so. Antonio Brown is like just fitting right in line with just the uh, Patrick Chung the, doing cocaine, the moral and ethical institution, Patriot way. The Patriot way. You know, they you know remember when they had a, a murderer on their team? Yeah. Yeah, you remember that when Aaron Hernandez killed people and was playing for the Patriots? No wonder Gronk wanted out. <laughs> okay, so like, can we also talk about the Gronk coming back thing? Because I don't think yeah, it's happening. I don't. I don't know. Gronk literally talked about how he could not even sleep for more mm-hmm. than twenty minutes because his body was in so much pain. I don't think Gronk is a genius. I also don't think he's dumb. Mm-hmm. And even the dumbest animals don't like pain. <laughs> he was <laughs> when Gronk he announced- is legitimately. I'm worried about his future because. He is so banged up. And again, when you read about like just the medical issues that he's had, and he's like still young, you know, this is like before your body's really he's 29. Like when he announced his partnership with that CBD company, uh, it was very Andrew Luck retirement press conference esque. Yeah. You know, he was on the verge of tears. Like, and I listen, I don't really care for like, the Patriots all that much. I don't yeah. think many. I, most of my anger is more towards like Tom Brady. I think mm-hmm. everyone kind of just hates Tom. I've never really had an issue with Gronk. No. I've always thought he's a pretty lovable dude, honestly. It seems like the exact type of dude that everyone wants on their team. Always seemed like always seemed like honestly, great teammate, mm-hmm. great person. Seemed to really enjoy like fan engagement. Like, yeah, like I know there's like 
their like one Super Bowl loss. He took a shirt off and danced afterwards at a club. God forbid. And everyone was like going absolutely insane about that. But I don't know. I personally, I want the best for Rob Gronkowski, mm-hmm. and I don't believe that is coming back to the NFL because yeah. it's not like he was amazing last year either. No, I don't know. He was it's banged like, up. It's like Jason back Witten. issues. It's like Jason Witten coming back. Like what is he? Can we talk about Jason Witten too? How it's confirmed that he was totally wearing a hairpiece on Monday Night Football last year. Loser. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! What an absolute buffoon! I mean, you got to say though, got to say, Cowboys look good. Is the Giants? Giants suck, but good performance. Cowboys already starting to talk that shit though. Yes, which is great because rent free. We all know where the season's going. Dak's gonna get his extension in like mm-hmm. next two or three weeks, and they're just going to add, they're gonna start like six and one, maybe like seven Feeling and two. Good. I gotta look at their schedule. Feel great, feel good, and just absolutely implode. Oh yeah, they're definitely gonna start off like in that six and one range. They get the Dolphins uh, in week <laughs> right, let's three. Let's not talk about my Dolphins. They, <laughs> <laughs> they get Washington this week, then the Dolphins. They'll lose to the Saints. They'll go toe-to-toe with the Packers, and then they get the Jets before they play the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. And they're just going to absolutely implode this season. Like, I can't wait. I love it. Love it. Um, yeah, Dolphins. Yikes. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> that was really hurtful. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, the swagger is there. did have him in one of my fantasy. I tried drafting him in every fantasy league I was in this year, and I was unsuccessful in every one of them but one because I was so high on, on Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. coming in this year. Very happy that I had him this week. Loved his postgame uh, yes, comments. To say. Pretty good for a running back. Yep. Um, Loved watching the Dolphins get torched. <laughs> I got to tell you. Um, that Saints-Texans game was absolutely absurd. I don't typically watch Monday Night Football. I was in for that because it started at a reasonable mm-hmm. time. Thank you. Thank you, ESPN. Although they have to fix, I'm not the first to complain about this, the weird – Display image at the bottom they that is did yellow. at halftime. Oh, they, they? They, cha- they made the audible and changed. Shows it. how much I paid attention. Um, so that was that. Was I actually I I was, agree. I will say I was fear watching that game because I don't know if you're like this, but anytime I'm up big in fantasy, and I see that the other team has like even mm-hmm. two or three players left, I'm imagining. I had a fifty point lead going into Monday Night Football. I was imagining literally every single scenario in which I lose that fifty point lead. Yet DeAndre Hopkins, terrifying. Who went for like 25 points, uh, fantasy points, of course. Um, Jared Cook, and I want to say uh, whoever the, the Texans kicker is. I can never pronounce it. Kiami Fairbairn. Thank you. I would have not <laughs> been able to do that. I was imagining DeAndre Hopkins like going, and he did. He went mm-hmm. off. I was, Jared Cook could have. I like, I was very worried about how he was going to lose it. Thankfully, I didn't. But yeah, I was fear watching that game, which is never a good feeling. Um, yeah, that game is wild. Uh, the Raiders win. Okay, so talking about that, I don't know why anyone – I like, I get why people were down on the Raiders. I think people forgot that to be down on the Raiders for that game meant that you had to believe in Joe, a Joe Flacco-led Broncos on the road. And I'm not sure if people remember this, but Joe Flacco is, like, terrible. <laughs> so I put a poll out on my Twitter, too. And said, who's more washed, Eli or Joe Flacco? And honestly, I was shocked at how close it was. I think Eli, he, he had that play where, and it was like a pretty pretty crucial play, like within like 10 yards, like it's a, it a goal, like it's like third and goal, I think. And he's like rolling out and he like 
was like, no, I can't run. <laughs> and just touched the ball and no. just took the sack. Just absolutely unbelievable. I think Eli's way more washed. Um, Flacco was, at least he was slinging it a little bit, but. It was 51% Eli, 49% Flacco. Yeah, I mean, Flacco's also pretty dusted. But, you know, like, I was more shocked by the Broncos' defense not getting a single sack from Von Miller or Bradley Chubb. You know, I think, truly, the Raiders came into that game with, like, a, a very large proverbial chip on their shoulder. And if there was a game where you were going to be able to ride on emotion alone and, like, just, like, you know, we're going to go out here and win. We're going to show into We don't need Antonio Brown. Like, everyone's laughing at us. We're going to go out here and win. And you know what? They did. Go for it. Very happy for you. Eagles um, are on Sunday Night Football this week against the Falcons. Um, it's going to be Falcons. Our boys from 4th and John. Speaking of everyone's laughing at us. True. Uh, our boys from 4th and John are going down there with the Green Legion. There's going to be over 600 Eagles fans just with that contingent going down there. Yeah, I think the problem is, though, is they still pump a bunch of noise <laughs> into the stadium. So you won't really be able to. They they do have the best stadium in terms of uh, concessions, though. So yes. shout out to Arthur Blank. For um, over for under this game is fifty one. How do you feel about that? I feel I feel low actually. I feel really? I, I feel under on this because I actually think <clears throat> Falcons didn't look great, no. and I know that it's like sacrilege to talk bad about Matt Ryan, but um, he didn't look great. I've never been totally convinced by Matt Ryan, to be honest. Like his their Super Bowl run year, he was absolutely fantastic, willing to admit. Like, but he's always seen like, and there's a lot of guys that this fits more with the NBA. But there's always like good stats, bad teams, guys. Mm-hmm. And Matt Ryan has always seemed that way to me, which doesn't mean he's not talented. But he's always seemed like a guy that yeah, like every year is like four thousand yards, like thirty eight touchdowns. But like, is Matt Ryan Drew Holiday? Yeah, like it, like he's good, but like, is he great? I don't even know. Yeah. Like, he was absolutely terrible against him. I'm sorry. Yeah, and like, I mean, they were all empty garbage stats. The Falcons do not have sucky an offensive line. One of their starting offensive linemen broke his foot in that game. Yeah. Um, so that is a, you know, benefit to the Eagles' pass rush that hopefully gets going this week. Um, Devontae Freeman looked terrible against the Vikings, which is a good sign for the Eagles as yeah, well. Yeah, as someone who had Julio Jones and Stephon Diggs, uh, not a great week for me. <laughs> Um, and that's the thing. They just got to be able to contain Julio Jones like they usually do. And I think the X factor in this game, I recorded Eagles enemies with David Walker from the Falcoholic uh, yesterday. That'll go up on Saturday. But uh, we both agreed that Calvin Ridley is going to play a big part in this game. Calvin Ridley's looked great. Julio's going to get his, but Calvin Ridley does it all. Like he does those underneath routes. He can go deep. He's a red zone threat. Even his touchdown he caught was. Great throw by Matt Ryan. Yeah. But great route. Like, just from start to finish, just great play. Um, yeah, I, the Falcons are good. And I think it is worrisome that they kind of had such a dud that first week because you always feel like teams really, like, reorganize and focus. But alternatively, this is a team that's kind of, you know, since the Super Bowl, they lost it in, like, about the worst way you can, mm-hmm. like, absolutely choking. He's never really, like, recovered. Like, yeah, Quinn is still there, and it's like it does feel like this could be a season where you know they lose they lose Sunday night. They're zero and two. The team account has already tweeted a Dan Quinn like photo quote, and the caption being "We're pissed off." You never see team accounts tweeting like it, that. It just feels like Dan Quinn could be out of a job. I think he is arguably the in the top three of coaches that could get fired during the season or after. Because it's not like the Falcons aren't talented. No. Incredibly talented team. 
and they're in a tough division that you need to perform. Division's wide open though. Everyone lost besides yeah. the Saints, and the Saints were good. I don't think I didn't walk away from that game. They were a field game. goal miss away from losing. Didn't think I didn't walk away from that game thinking, "Wow, Saints are unbeatable." But yeah, no, you, you, they they have the two options on offense, and and that's really it. And um, you know, you obviously from looking long view point of view, you're happy the Falcons lost. You're happy that the uh, the Panthers lost. You wanted the Saints to lose from an Eagles fan perspective because you're looking at, you know, potential playoffs. Seahawks struggled against yes, what against the Bengals. But Seahawks are a team that does that a lot, though, I feel, mm-hmm. where like you really expect them to just lay it to a team and just they let the bad teams in. Um so we'll see. They they have a, a pretty tough matchup this week, don't they? Um the Steelers. Yeah, so who also didn't look great. <laughs> I mean, not only did they not look great, they looked blind <laughs> they yeah. looked like it looked like you know like if you're like playing with someone older when you're a kid like a video game you're like all right like i'll play with like my left hand or something <laughs> or like mario kart or like drive backwards like that's the sealers are like challenging themselves and i'm not sure why that um, was a that was a rough watch yeah biggest games that eagles fans should be looking at this weekend packers and vikings redskins cowboys seahawks steelers um you've got saints and rams rematch I, I might watch that game just muted so I don't have to hear about the pass interference uh, stuff. Did you see all the, the ref shirts? Oh that, which was a very confusing. I don't get it. <laughs> Build a bridge and get over it, in the I, wise words of my mother. Yeah, I mean, they uh, – And was, then we've got – I was, uh, <laughs> was going to make a very <laughs> important taste joke that I did. Uh, and then we've got Bears and Broncos, and the Bears looked awful uh, against the Packers. So those are the games to watch. Uh, You're forgetting the just... ultimate primetime Monday night matchup. Everyone's clamoring for that very esteemed rivalry of the Cleveland Browns and New York football Jets. Ugh. Disgusting. I think it, the only reason that's on because it was the first Monday night football game. And yeah, like... the NFL 100 stuff. So. Absolutely brutal. Um, um, Eagles are favored going to Atlanta, which, which is, is good. interesting. So, um, Sunday night football. I'm I'm excited. It should be a good one. The Eagles and Falcons have played each other tough the last two times. It's only come thing, down like the last drive. Only thing that concerns me is Jalen Mills isn't going to be in the end zone to swat the ball away from Leo Jones. I mean, if anyone has any information regarding the absence of Jalen Mills, please, please come to us. Um, but I think that's all we got for you guys tonight. Make sure you are following us on Twitter at UndergroundPHI, and uh, we'll be tweeting out a whole bunch of Eagles content. And make sure you're getting all of your uh, – your merch and stuff from our design tree storefront at DSGN tree on Twitter. And it's dsgntree.com. Uh, you can use the promo code DSGN five for $5 off at checkout. we got our new Eagles on the road to victory shirt. That should be your victory Monday shirt each and every day uh, after an Eagles win. So make sure you go cop that. Speaking of, uh, I, I don't know if you're aware of this. I certainly wasn't Chick-fil-A. You get a, a, a free chicken sandwich if the Phillies have a save the night before. I had no idea. Come through, Hector. Chick-fil-A, not a sponsor, but hey. hey. Just free information for yes, you. It, it helped me today. It is there. Um, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. And uh, you can also follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we will catch you guys on Saturday. Full-blown Eagles-Falcons preview show. Talking about the Phillies and if they uh, end up beating the Braves three out of uh, four, talking about the Red Sox series, and uh, 
We'll also be in New York on Saturday night for Premier Lacrosse League playoffs. So make sure you're following us on Twitter there at OTB LaxPod. Um, but as always, show brought to you by Maine Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. It's been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 166. For Matt, I'm Kyle. We're signing off. Peace. 